0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Blue Wire. Yo, yo, welcome to episode 18 of the Clip City Podcast. I am your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. And today, I am joined by my buddy, Ringer producer, Ringer audio wizard, Isaac Lee. We are joining forces again for our second podcast together. How's it going, Isaac?
1: Yovan, it is an honor and a privilege to be invited back to your podcast once more. Uh, <laughs> this is probably the biggest honor of my life. I, I appreciate that,
0: man. There, there's a lot of hype around uh, around, around the post playoffs podcast we did that that was definitely the the podcast I got the most responses to a lot of people reaching out on twitter and stuff so
1: yeah they were probably um, a, um wondering uh, if you were really that tall if you're really five thousand <laughs> feet tall um and about the story i told about when i first met you
0: <laughs> that, that was a fun podcast that was definitely a good one to to re-listen to and if you haven't listened to that i, I think you should we'll finish this one first and, and then go back and listen to it
1: yeah listen but, to the uh, last 10 minutes uh when i tell that story
0: yeah this is my suggestion <laughs> we should have had a video on me blushing the, the whole time but
1: <laughs> beat <laughs> we'll red your word for that. red
0: so for today's podcast it is the last in the positional series i've been doing over the past couple weeks uh on clippers free agent targets and uh, ranking one through 15 of the available players who i think make sense with the Clippers, you know, not necessarily who's the best, but who's the best fit, uh, and factoring in the Clippers' own free agents in that. So, for example, I think I had like Pat Beverly fifth or sixth in, in the point guard rankings, whereas for for most people, they probably would not have Pat Beverly fifth or sixth in in their rankings. Uh, just kind of going by what what I see and and kind of what what I think makes sense. So today is the last one. We already did point guards. We already did wings. We're gonna finish up with big men. And Isaac, you actually changed my list before oh. I, I even made it.
1: Oh, wow. Did I?
0: Yes. You, you gave me a good idea, which was to include Anthony Davis. Oh, right,
1: right, 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 right. Yeah.
0: He, he's pretty important. And I think it's very topical right now just because today the athletics, Sham Sharania, uh, uh, you know, reported that. David Griffin, the vice president of basketball operations for the New Orleans Pelicans is now opening the trade talks for Anthony Davis. It doesn't mean he's going to trade him, but it is likely. And one of the teams on, you know, still on his list is the Clippers along with the Knicks and the Lakers. Uh, So let's start with this. I think he's clearly the number one big man that's available. Uh, I know he's technically not a free agent, but He's really the only guy we know for sure is on the trade market, so I think he's the no-brainer, number one. My question to you, though, is what is the most you would give up for Anthony Davis, and, and what's your limit?
1: Oh, that's a that's the big question, isn't it? Um, if you were going to trade the farm, you would trade the farm for somebody like Anthony Davis, a once-in-a-generation uh, big man who's awesome on both ends of the court. Um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, who are you trading to get him? You're probably going to have to put Gallo in there just to make the contracts work because uh, Anthony Davis makes 25% of the cap, which is about $27 million. And uh, yeah. you're going to have to put in Gallo, who makes 22 I believe, $22.6 um, yeah. million. And maybe you throw in Trez. But really, the, the pieces that you're giving up is the farm. So that's Shea, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. Uh, Landry Shamit, maybe, maybe even Rome, Uh, definitely the 2021 Miami unprotected first rounder, which is a really, really valuable asset that we somehow, uh, that the Clippers front office somehow finagled. Um, (laughs) It's really, really miraculous in hindsight how they got that. Um, And then a few other picks, probably a few first rounders. And my initial assessment on that scenario is it's worth it it's definitely worth it to get anthony davis i don't wow okay wow yeah i don't even think this is a question um he's only 26 years old again he's a once in a generation type big man um i'm well aware that like of all the injury concerns that's something that I've, i've voiced many times uh about how you know he has a really really long history like if you just point at some part of his body he's probably injured that um, in his professional career,
0: <laughs> even <laughs> last, I, th- I think someone, uh, I think it might have been our, our Pelicans uh, reporter Will. Um, he, I think he did something on on how Ad had like fourteen different injuries last season. Oh, it, it was insane, like like knickknacks of like he left a game and had to go back to the locker room with fourteen different ailments. So yeah, even that, as I'm kinda saying scary. this, I'm
1: kind of I'm kind of having second second <laughs> thoughts because <laughs> he had like back injuries, a lot of back injuries this yeah. this past season, which. You know, back injuries kill big men's careers all the time, but he's so good. Like I, in doing research for this podcast, I like looked up his numbers and I saw, uh, and I looked up a couple of his highlights. Man, this guy is so good, and he's, ama- he's amazing. He's incredible, and like, I love Shay. I love Shamit. I love, you know, the the current roster that's constructed, but none of them are going to be Anthony Davis. I am sorry, like Shea gildress Alexander, you are great but you are never going to be Anthony Davis. So you have to try at least to get him for a year. And you'd obviously in an ideal world want him to commit to re-signing. Um, but that's really tough to to, tough to negotiate. And even if he says he's going to re-sign, who knows what's going to happen next summer. Uh, he could change his mind. Um, at the same time, I think it's worth the risk. You see uh, guys like Paul George staying in OKC. You see Kawhi. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun here, but he might be staying in Toronto. <laughs> and uh you gotta take that risk i think
0: so you what you touch on is something i find interesting because i think in a vacuum he's worth it i just think that you have to do your due diligence in terms of kind of figuring out what is the likelihood he would resign because yes I think absolutely there is a absolute disaster scenario in which you give up all this stuff for him uh, you kind of recreate the New Orleans situation where, you know, yeah. he's just not surrounded by that much. Like, Cause I mean, realistically, I, I think if I'm new Orleans, I look at what the Clippers have. And while I, I think, I think it's better than a lot of people are giving it credit for, you know, I, I just haven't heard the Clippers brought up a lot as a viable destination. It's always the the Lakers, the Celtics and the Knicks. Uh, I, I think the Clippers have comparable assets to the, and in, in some cases, I actually think they have better assets than like the Knicks, for example, but I know that that might be a minority opinion. Uh, But what you have to, if you're the, if you're the Pelicans, you're going to look at what the Clippers have and say, I want Shea, I want Shamit and I want the Miami pick. And that's like, you know, there's going to be other stuff involved, but that's like the bare minimum of like, those are the three primary assets I'm going to want. Maybe throw in Trez uh, and then Gallo to make the contracts work. And then we'll send you back, you know, a bat Solomon Hill or something. And, you know, Oof, go from there. On. Hill. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, I just think if you're the Clippers and you're going to give up all that stuff. I think if you can get the commitment from AD, and that's obviously back channel stuff, talking to Rich Paul, talking to AD, I think I think you have to do it because I, I think it it is it is a little bit like what just happened with the Lakers, where, you know, they didn't want to include Brandon Ingram for for Paul George. They didn't want to include Brandon Ingram for uh, Kawhi Leonard. We still don't know how good Brandon Ingram is gonna be. I haven't totally given up on him as a all-star potential type player, but I think if you had to bet what Brandon Ingram would be over the next five to ten years, there's a very, very small likelihood he's gonna be as good as a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. you know, a top fifteen at worst player, uh, and, and probably top ten, top twelve. So I just don't see that happening. And for as good as Shea is and, and as good as he's looked, I don't know if if you can, you know, credibly say that he's going to be that type of player i mean he, he has that potential he, he could definitely i think be an all-star at some point but i think you're you know you're kind of being a little bit delusional if, if you're going to say shay has the chance to be as good as anthony davis like right there there is you know, you know your boss bill likes to do all his simulations of like out of 100 times you know how much would sure there's maybe like 10 times shay reaches anthony davis's level but the other 10, 90 times he he's 10, out of, way 10 more. out of
1: 100? I don't I don't agree with that.
0: Higher or lower? Lower. Okay, even lower, but 10, 10 10s maybe high, but I just think you know, if Shea Shea becomes a much better shooter, he, he improved throughout the season as a shooter. Uh, you know, he he kind of changes his mentality and aggression offensively like sure, I think there is a very he has a very high ceiling. I'm not going to deny that, but yeah. I I just think like to to Worry about you know giving up too much for AD. I, I'm I'm actually in agreement with you. Uh, I was surprised today. I posted on Instagram, uh, you know, a, a graphic with just how much would you want your your favorite team to give up for AD. And I, I got a lot of Clipper, fa- uh, you know, Clipper fans following me and, and commenting, obviously. And a lot of them wouldn't even give up Landry Shamit and, and didn't want to give up the Miami pick either. Like you know, yeah. forget Shea, they wouldn't even go that high
1: as as Landry or, or the pick. So I, well, I think some fear- people are. The fear of that, I'm sorry to interrupt no, no, you, go, but go ahead. the fear of that I think stems from the fact that he could very well leave next summer. Yes, yes. And that's, you know, Clippers fans would rather hold on to something good that we already have um, than try to convince Anthony Davis to stay on the Clippers. And I, I agree with that instinct. That's that's actually kind of how I operate as well. I'm, I'm a pretty risk-averse person. I try to go to the safest route. But I mean, you you talked about the simulation of if you played his career out a hundred times. How you know will Shea ever reach Anthony Davis's level? I think the answer to that question is maybe one. I think ten is way too high because Shea Gilchrist Alexander, I think, is a is a really really great player, um, a, a long point guard, and which is uh, uh valuable in in this league, and still, Anthony Davis was. Almost unanimously, the best player in the league two years ago, right? Yeah. Would you agree with that? That's something that like media people were saying two years ago that Anthony Davis is actually the best player alive. I, I
0: will say sometimes we're a little premature with some of this stuff. Like, you know, sure. it, it was KD, then the next week it was Kawhi, then it kind of it was going back. So yeah, it flip flops, th- but sometimes we overreact. But, but I, but he anyone, was in the
1: conversation. At, anyone at mentioned in that conversation of greatest player alive? like that's a special caliber that I don't think SGA um, can reach or like, yeah, I, I'm, no, not gonna, I mean, I'm not going you, to make definitive statements justify.
0: I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I, I guess my pr- probably that that was probably too rosy of an estimation. I, I guess I would say like the, the thing that would bring in, like maybe he can't reach peak. I, I, he probably can't reach peak AD, maybe mm-hmm. even one time, but I, I think you, you'd got to think he's probably going to have better health, which, which might, increase his value yeah Yeah. like might increase his value or like even if he's like the i don't know somehow gets like the 15th best player in the league let's just say like as an absolute best case his his absolute ceiling if he's a guy who's constantly playing 75 to 80 games like maybe that could be more valuable than a guy like 80 who i I think right now is probably in that five to eight range in terms of how how good he is uh Mm -hmm. maybe that offsets that but sounds about right but i think to to kind of circle back to the the kind of initial I, I just think the most interesting part of this is it is the factor of risk and if you can get a commitment from ad or a at least him agreeing to entertain the idea and kind of recalibrate his expectations of if they do give up you know half of their top 7 or 8 rotation and bring him in They'll still have some cap space, so so maybe they go out get Kawhi, get KD, get you know another nice piece, so they will kind of offset some of that. But I think as if they can just get him to buy into like, all right, give us a year, like you know, come here for a year, give us some time to to make a trade, to to sign someone to do something, and and just trust that. Look at our organizational stability we've had these last couple of years. We can build something with you. Versus now, New Orleans, I think you can make the case with with David Griffin. It's looking like a lot better of a situation, but overall it has obviously been a very poor run organization for Anthony Davis's last seven years. I think that's why he wants out. It's partially the market, the, you know, the location. So it, you know, if you're the Clippers, you can at least pitch him on, come to LA, you're going to, you're still going to be, you know, next to LeBron. You still have your clutch connection, uh, but you know, you'll be with a better run organization with, with potentially more talent and, and just more stability. I think if you can get him on that, then, then Sure. I think you you have to pull the trigger. But I just think it is such a risk that to me, they probably don't include Shea. And I, I think if you're New Orleans, no, Shea is a non starter.
1: Yeah. Well, we kind of, we kind of been discussing this as a one to one. It's like Shea for Davis almost because Gallo and Trez are expiring contracts. And, you know, Shamit's great, but um, he's not like, the main piece of the, the main piece of the deal would be Shea Gutsal Alexander, um, as well as the 2021 Miami first rounder. But I still think maybe I'm overvaluing Davis. But Anthony Davis, if you can, like, because if the Clippers sign Anthony Davis, if the Clippers trade for Anthony Davis, is he immediately the greatest player in Clippers history? I think he's up there, right? It's him or Chris he, Paul. Yeah,
0: I, I would say. Yeah, I, I think I think people forget how good Chris Paul was, and, and I think you know, like he. The, he I mean, if you look at like size rankings and even ESPN's rankings for a couple of years when they were doing those player rankings, he was number three for for a lot. You know, it was, it was often yeah, LeBron, KD, Chris Paul, and I think yeah, a lot of yeah, people yeah. forget that.
1: So uh, I'm I'm saying like he's he's up there. He's up there. one A, yeah, one yeah, B, no, no, whatever. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's second, uh, right below Chris Paul. But if you have a chance to go get that guy. And they're gonna entertain that offer, like you have to at least make the phone call. Don't you no, think for, Even for if sure. you can't get a commitment? Yeah, um, no, and- I
0: I think they will. I, I just think at the end of the day, like I, I think for them the, the clear best case scenario is signing Kawhi or KD in free agency versus a trade, because just adding one of those guys to the core you already have, I think is the better outcome. And right. I think you could credit, you know, you could probably say those two guys are better than AD right now. Yeah, um, that goes it,
1: without saying. Yeah,
0: yeah. so I, I would say, like, though they are a little bit older, uh, I, I, that's probably their preferred outcome. Now, we'll we'll see the timing with the AD thing, because this could already, you know, this could happen in two weeks. He could be traded at the draft to the Lakers yeah. or the Knicks. And, yeah. you know, this conversation wasn't pointless, but it, it just, you know, didn't end up mattering. Uh, so I'm going to be interested to kind of monitor that. I think for the Clippers... I, I would be surprised if they traded for AD before free agency, I, I think for them. Because I think the other thing for them is if you get a Kawhi or a KD, right. now that changes the goalposts where it's like, Absolutely. all right, we can be a little riskier. We can't trade Shea. We can't trade Landry. Because uh, we're now at least selling AD on you know play with Kawhi, play with KD. If You don't have one of those. And that's why I think that the Lakers and, and potentially the Celtics, if Kyrie is open to staying, have an advantage in this. Because if you're the Lakers... Even if you give up all the young guys, which I don't think they'll have to give up, but if you give up most of them or all of them, you still have LeBron. If you're the Celtics, mm-hmm. you give up Tatum, whatever, you still have Kyrie, you know, potentially Jalen. But if you're the Clippers, if you give up you know, Gallo, Trez, Shea, and, and Landry, what are you really selling AD on? Lou, like Zubats, uh, Jerome, like a, maybe a future pick. Like,
1: there's just not yeah. a lot of
0: infrastructure there. So I think for the well, you Clippers- would want
1: you would want Kawhi or KD. Having already signed before exactly. we pull that sugar, yeah.
0: So I think we're in, we're in agreement on AD, uh, which I wasn't sure if we would be. But let's get into some of the other guys in free agency. For me, my number two and three are might be a little bit controversial, polarizing guys. Now they're not polarizing players, but I could see the value of them being a little bit warped. For me, number two is Al Horford, and number three is Marcus Sol, Uh and that is above Nikola Vucevic, and I think. We saw Al Horford's value, especially last postseason, but even this postseason, I, I think he was a bit underrated, uh, especially in that Milwaukee series. And then Marcus Sol, I, I think Marcus Soule, uh has had a bit of a resurgence with the Raptors after kind of a, a dud of a first half of the season with Memphis. And I, I think now both of those guys have player options and it's for a lot of money. So I think there is a chance neither one hits free agency. And they will have to make that decision before they know if Kawhi or Kyrie is staying. Because uh, obviously, if you know if Kyrie, uh, Kyrie walks and, and Kawhi walks, then I think both guys would probably want to leave those situations. But they'll have to decide that before they know. I could see them opting out just for more long term security, especially for Mark, where his stats have kind of been dropping a bit, you know, the last couple of years and. I think it it could be his last big contract. Uh, And and if he goes another year kind of at the pace he's been on, he might not get much next summer. So I could see both being free agents. I could see one, I could see neither, but to me, I think a a guy like Al Horford, a guy like Marcus soul, they would be that plug in center uh, for, for 24 to 27 minutes. And Trez would play the rest. and, And then you could kind of flip flop either one of those closing games. But I think they would be a great fit with what the Clippers are, are doing. I, I think they're, they're both really good defensively. They, they both can can shoot the ball, good passers, good screeners. Like I think either one would fit in seamlessly.
1: Can I tell you what side of the polarization I stand on these guys? <laughs> I have a feeling. I think you put them way too high on this list. Okay. Um, they are respectively... Thirty-three years old and thirty-four years old. Al Horford being thirty-three and Gasol being thirty-four. Um, as you said, like they're gonna look to cash in and they're gonna look to get some, you know, long-term stability in that contract. And I don't know how much the Clippers would be willing to pay uh, uh, their starting center or um, even at them like as six men off off the bench. But I would, I would definitely not sign them to anything. Above, like maybe fifteen million, and that's being pretty generous, actually, um, with their careers. And if they, you know, let's say Kawhi leaves Toronto and Gasol's is looking to continue his his ride alongside Kawhi, and he wants to come to the Clippers f- with a discount, like I definitely take that. Like he's Marcus is an incredible player and has been an incredible player um, basically since his prime and uh, Defensive Player of the Year, obviously, uh, first team All NBA selection. Um, and Al Horford, it goes without saying that the guy's really, you know, he's arguably was was the most important player on the Celtics uh, for the last last two seasons, even with Kyrie on that roster, and that's yeah. that's saying something. But the risk, again, I'm a risk averse person. The risk of these two guys falling off is really high. They're um, Horford doesn't have as many injuries as Gasol has had, but you know Horford's not not completely free of of the bug, and Gasol has had some really major injuries over the past three years. I wouldn't take the risk. So
0: I guess I should have prefaced what I was kind of pitching with with either one as I'm I'm with you on on the years. I for sure would not give either of them four. I would really push even against three, like maybe a player option in the third or a team option, team option if they would agree option. to that uh but i look I, I could see I don't really see either guy as like a money driven person necessarily uh like they just don't strike me as someone who's necessarily going to only care about the money now it is a lot of money, and I would be shocked if if horford turn down his 30 million option and then sign like a two-year, $20 million deal. Like that just yeah. wouldn't really make sense. But
1: at the same well, his time- his agent would try to negotiate for, to to make up for that 30 million exactly and, wherever he goes.
0: And, and I, I think, but I do think for both guys, they're at very interesting crossroads where it's like, if Al Horford, I mean, it is only one more year for, for each one if they want, but I'm just like, if, if Kyrie walks, like what is Boston- You know, I I just think they're at best like a five seed lower playoff team that's probably going to lose in round one, uh, which (laughs) they might still be even if Kyrie stays. But I I, like I'm just like, what if Al Horford really cares about winning, which he strikes me as that type of guy, I I feel like it makes sense for him to opt out with Mark. It's a little bit more complicated uh, because Toronto, I I think it's seeming more and more like Kawhi might stay. And in that case, Mark probably would would stay, too. But if, you know, again, kind of similar situation, if Kawhi walks, I think Toronto's probably rebuilding and it's going to be a a fire sale and Mark might get traded to a undesirable location. So I just think for both guys, like, even though it kind of would make sense for them to opt in or or look for the most money in free agency, I could also see scenarios in which they're both like, this could be, you know, my last two or three year deal. I want to win. I want to be in a contender. And the other thing with this, too, would be this would be like the plan B of you get a Kawhi or a KD. You can't get another Max guy. And then you're looking at like what's the next best addition. I think one of these guys on like a two year deal would make a lot of sense. But I get where you're coming from. And I I don't think this is a realistic. I just for me personally, I think either one would be a nice addition. Uh, So number four is Nick Vucevic. He's a, he's a Trojan. He's an SC guy. I was there while he was there. So I do have a special connection with, with Vooch, but I did not like the way he looked in the playoffs. Uh, he just looked like the prototypical big, you know, the, the Ennis Cantor uh, Jonas mm-hmm. Valanciunas that they get schemed out in the postseason. And to me, I would be very wary of giving him, you know, if he wants to come on a, on a short two year deal, sure you know pay him 15 20 million a year whatever but i would not give him a 3 year deal i would not give him a 4 year deal and i would not give him the max so to me that probably rules him out but i know there are some people that want him as a clipper
1: yeah i agree with everything you said i definitely would not want to see the clippers sign him for a max deal or, or a 4 year deal um I actually really like Vooch. I think he's a good player. Uh he has go-to scoring potential, which if the Clippers get Kawhi, like he can score on his own, but he's not necessarily like a shot creator. They'll need more go-to scoring, and Vooch would be one option uh to get. And he added that three-pointer, and he could really play next to guys like Kawhi. If again, the caveat being <laughs> that the Clippers actually get Kawhi. Um but it's a big yeah, the, the yeah the concern is is if you're looking at playoffs, if you're looking at playoff success, and that's what the Clippers are aiming for. Um, it's so easy to to uh, strategize against lumbering big men like Vucevic, and um, obviously Steve Clifford showed that Vuce can you know he Vuce is a player who who got. Criticized maybe rightly, I think I think rightly for not being the best defensive big man, but he, Steve Clifford showed this season that Vuj can fit in a great defensive system, like the Orlando Magic. Um, I think posted a, the 8th best defensive rating in the league or something like that yeah um, I think so after, if,
0: they were best after the all-star break or best, like yeah top, yeah top and that's three. how they
1: made the, that's how they made the playoffs is a weak schedule and great defense so if Rex Kalamian uh, can deploy Vooch in a very similar fashion I think he can thrive on defense um, all this being said I'm like I really like Vooch as it, theoretically but I know that if you if you if the Clippers signed him to a to a max deal or something close to that Put him next to Kawhi. That's just not enough. Not in the West. Yeah,
0: and I and I kind of put Vooch in that um category of like, you know, we, we saw that the Clippers traded away Tobias Harris and and you know, kind of why they did that. And I just think it's guys like Vooch, it's guys like Chris Middleton. I'd even put Kemba Walker in this category where Ooh. I just don't think they make a lot of sense as a max guy. And that, that doesn't mean, I think, for their respective teams, they hold that value. Uh, Kemba, I'd be, I don't think I'd want to give them that supermax, but um, I think it makes sense why their team, you know, Orlando probably needs to try to keep Vooch, Milwaukee definitely needs to keep Middleton. Uh, Charlotte, I, I, again, I don't think they want to pay the supermax, but like you might have to do that to keep Kemba. But those guys as clippers. Who else are you gonna get if you're in Charlotte? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but they might they might just have I'm sorry to rebuild to say, I'm which, sure it's lovely, but they might they might have to rebuild. Um, but I just think it, for for all the reasons the Clippers traded Tobias Harris, it would kind of just go against everything they've done to go and max out Chris Middleton or go and max out Vooch because right. those guys are on a similar level. And you know, they they could have kept Tobias and just moved Gallo and made Tobias the number two and and they still would have had the cap space to sign Kawhi, to sign KD. Like they didn't need to technically move Tobias. They did that mm-hmm. because they didn't, they knew how much he was going to get and they didn't want to pay. You know, they obviously got good stuff back the Miami pick, Landry, you know, so on and so forth, but uh, ended up getting Zubots too. Uh, but I, I just don't really, it doesn't make sense to me why they would turn around and go do that. So I could be wrong. They, they could end up doing that. They could get desperate but I think everything they've done so far that, you know, from the front office, the ownership, it's been very calculated. It's been very patient and it's been a lot of ruthless, unpopular decisions. This team traded away, mm-hmm. Blake Griffin, this team traded away Tobias Harris. Like they have done some things that have not been great for their perception league wide, but they've done it with the long view in mind. And I just think that that that's kind of the way they're going to approach this, this off And, you know, I don't see them going for the quick fix, Uh, you know, and I I would throw Jimmy Butler in there. I don't think they're just going to max him out by himself. Maybe he's the number two guy, but um, I think this team is going to be very deliberate with their approach and and not just spend money to spend.
1: I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, the Tobias Harris trade is indicative of a different direction that the Clippers are going in. Um, They're not going to settle. They're not going to settle for, um just middle of the pack or or oh it's almost there but not enough um Tobias Harris is really exemplary of, of that and yeah i would be shocked if they traded away Tobias midseason and then in the offseason signed someone like Vuce- Vucevic and or someone on that level
0: yeah so let's let's move ahead to some more interesting guys uh i'll, I'll lump these two together uh number 5 Julius Randle and number 6 Paul Millsap uh, neither one is a center, so now we're, we're kind of hitting the, the power forward market for the first time. But mm. these are the last two guys that I have over Viza Zubots. So any of these six, if I had to pick between one of them and Zubots, I would take one of them. Then after that, everyone else, I, I'd, I'd prefer to have Zubots. But what do you think of, of the potential fit of Julius or, or Paul Millsap? I think in either scenario, you'd probably have to move Gallo. Wouldn't really make sense. Uh, I mean, maybe if if Julius is willing to accept a bench role, but I, I kind of look at both of these guys as starters. Uh, you know, Paul would be another s- scenario. where well, he has a team option for thirty million. I, I do think Denver's probably going to uh, pass on that. I, I don't think they're yeah. Gonna you be, think? <laughs> I don't think they're going to be. I mean, look, I think he was you think very they're, important. They're
1: going to pick up the thirty. And well, look, and a I half think he was. Dollars? I think
0: he was very important, and I I think we've yeah, seen this yeah, before where. And it goes both ways, where you know a young team overachieves, they have a a key veteran who's going to be a free agent, and they either let the guy walk, and, and it's a it's a big blow, or they overcommit, and then it becomes a bad contract. So I think that Denver's going to have to be careful what they do, but I, I do expect them to pass on Paul Millsap. Uh, I don't know if that you know maybe they resigned, they could still offer him the most money, so maybe he comes back. But to me, Julius and Paul are very interesting. Uh, they, they both offer a, a different look than the Clippers have kind of had, uh, at that four spot the, the last couple you know, kind of since Blake, uh, but how do you feel about either one of those guys?
1: I'm a bit curious as to why you group them together. Cause they're very different players on the court. Uh, Randall is a very offensive minded player who scored, I think 21 points, 22 points, something like that, uh, on the Pelicans this year. And, um, you know, really has blossomed into a great, great offensive big man uh, with a lot of defensive question marks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does have that like go to scoring skill set that Vooch has, uh, including the three pointer, but he doesn't have the size to be a hindrance on defense. And I, it, honestly, if the Clippers are going to have an undersized combo big, I'd rather have Montrez Harrell. I'd honestly. Um, and if you just compared him to to Gallo, like I'd rather have Gallo too, like for a year. Um, and Paul Millsap, yes, he was important to the Denver Nuggets on on many levels. At the same time, he did look like a shell of himself um, in in terms of production, mm-hmm. right? Even if he does the same things on the court, he's actually not converting as much as he used to. And like all respect to Paul Millsap, he was a uh, four time All Star, I believe, and he he had a really well rounded game in his heyday, and he'd be immensely valuable to have at just even as a as a veteran as a solid solid, uh, smart player you can have uh, maybe coming off the bench, maybe starting, but only playing 20, 25 minutes. But I still have the similar similar concerns to go. So I would pass on both of these guys just because, especially with the money that they might be demanding in the market, I would not uh, consider signing these guys for the Clippers, uh, especially because Montrezl Harrell is still on the roster.
0: Yeah, so I think with Millsap, uh, I'm in agreement with you. I I think that, on a on the right deal uh you know because again he this is out of his control he doesn't have a player option so he, he's probably going to be a free agent uh on the right deal like even a two a 220 a 224 I, I would consider you know something in that range uh i think he makes sense as you know and maybe he is the backup you know you just kind of replace Jamichael with paul milsap and you go with like Zubats and Gallo and Trez and Millsap as your your four bigs, I think he would make some sense there. Uh, Julius, I, I actually view I view Julius more in the mold of the Clippers strike out or
1: mm.
0: they you know they don't get the the second guy to the guy, so that th- maybe they get Kawhi or Kyrie or Katie, and they don't get that like kind of shiny second piece. Julius to me is an upside guy, you know. I, I think he the Lakers clearly, you know, it'd be funny getting another Lakers big man. Uh, the Lakers he clearly can't. misevaluated how good he was. Uh, you know, I, I think you could make the case he's as, you know, as attractive of an asset as, as any of their young players. You know, I'd probably put Absolutely. Ingram ahead of him and then he's probably right there neck and neck with Lonzo. Uh, so
1: I put, I put him above Lonzo. Yeah, so you could, best. like,
0: I would not disagree with you. Like, I, I think Julius is a very intriguing and I, I saw him put his career high on on the Clippers in New Orleans. He he dropped 37 and he was just unguardable. And, and, you know, I'd never seen even really thinking back on the season. I have not seen someone push Trez around the way Julius was pushing him around when he was driving on him. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. this guy is a monster when, when he puts his head down and drives, like he he might be as strong as anyone in the, like now Zion, you know, that would be fun to see those two play (laughs) against each other. But like, Outside yeah. of maybe Zion, now like he might be the the strongest like driver in the league just with pure force. Uh, so I think he's a very interesting guy long term. Uh, I don't have his age in front of me right now, but I want to say he's like twenty
1: four ish. I think he's a little older. Okay, may, may. he came in he came to league pretty young. I know, but he is yeah he is twenty four. Never okay, mind, so he's
0: twenty four. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, so he's twenty four. So he's still got another like two three years before he hits his. His quote-unquote prime, I I think Julius would make a lot of sense. Now, I, I don't. I mean, I think he's going to want money. He he only signed a uh, you know one year nine million dollar deal last summer. I think he's gonna. He's someone who strikes me as he's going for the highest bid. Like who's paying me the most money? I want to cash out, and he'll go there. So from that perspective, I don't really see the Clippers being the highest bidder. But if he does care about winning and and you know want to be come back to L A. and uh, be in, in the right situation with like an, another star potentially uh, i think the clippers make a lot of sense uh now moving down the list we hit the two incumbent clippers avica mm-hmm. Zubots and jemichael green uh, i have Zubot seven green eight and this to me was the cutoff line where everyone else looking at the rest of the big man market i would probably take zoo uh and especially at the the fact that I think his p- bad postseason performance, uh, not really his fault, you know, the, the, it's the Warriors. Like they, you know, yeah. they're they're the one team where it's really really hard to play a traditional center against. Uh, and you know, you've seen even big uh, better and and you know better guys get schemed out. Like Clint Capella looked very human uh, against the Warriors, was outplayed by Kevon Looney. Uh, you know, similar thing in, in the Portland series where they had to result to uh you know they had to stick with myers leonard and zach collins over canter and stuff so to me i i think zoo is value is going to be a lot lower than it was maybe like right when he got traded and and looked pretty good on the clippers uh so i I think zoo is gonna be interesting i think they're gonna keep him i think even if they sign another center they're probably gonna keep him just to retain the asset but how do you feel about zoo and and how do you feel about Jamichael?
1: uh for Zubots specifically, first of all, I mean, if if anyone from the Lakers Organization is listening, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for the gift of Ivica Zubots for literally basically nothing. Um, uh, a young guy who who's really. <laughs> who's improved uh or even over the course of his short stint on the clippers as their starting center like this is a guy with a lot of potential and um is already really really solid on both ends of the court he he does have a little bit of room to grow on the def- on defense um more than i think people realize because he still looks a little lost around the rim sometimes he can't really um keep up with the the speedier big men or or the the shooting big men. He 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 does a decent job of defending on the perimeter, but he's not necessarily locked down out there. Um I don't I'm not sure how much money he'd demand on the market. Like I could see anywhere from like I could see like a team uh that, that has a lot of cash space just like throwing him twelve million dollars <laughs> for one year or something like that. Like I could see that happen like so I'm not I, saying I, that. I will think happen. with
0: restricted it has to be it's a minimum of two. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um yeah. So I think you know, maybe it'd be two, like two twenty four. I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if he got that. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I would be surprised too, but I, but wouldn't I, rule I would it not. Out. I would not uh, expect the Clippers to to match,
1: match that. that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like that's probably the ceiling of of what he could get offered this summer. I hope that's not the case. If you can, you know, if somebody offers him whatever, like four five mil a year for maybe three years, maybe you match that. Who who knows what what kind of offers he'll get. Um there's really not you know there's not like a bunch of hoops hype <laughs> articles about Ibiza Zubats' uh value on the on the free market. But uh I would try to keep him on on the cheap especially because he matches with the timeline. If you're keeping Shea Landry and Rome, he really he matches that timeline perfectly.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm in agreement with you. I, I think he's gonna get well restricted free agency has just changed so much the last few years where you're just seeing more has, and yeah. more or or i guess fewer and fewer teams offering you're seeing more guys just get away with yeah. whatever the team wants to offer that's what they're going to get i think you saw that that kind of hurt trez you know he he got probably a below market deal which now looks like a you know one of the best contracts in the league uh and mm-hmm. then it also hurt clint capella last year so you know, if if Clint Capella kind of struggled to get contract offers, you got to think Zubats probably does. But you never know. There's a lot of yeah. cap space this summer. Uh, the 2020 free agent class is pretty bad, so it would not surprise me if if like Willie Colleystein leaves and the Kings throw a bunch of money at him. You know, he does have the Eastern European yeah. connection. Uh,
1: hopefully not like <laughs> yeah. Alan Crabb money yeah. but <laughs> but so I can see that
0: Zoo Zoo is one thing I, I think he's probably retained barring a ridiculous contract offer Jamichael I'm beginning to think more and more is likely gone uh, I, I just think mm-hmm. if you're looking at the priority list like they're already gonna be chasing a star uh, and the, the cap space is a little bit of fool's gold because for them to get that 55 million in cap space they have to renounce the rights to all these guys if they renounce those rights they're not going to be able to pay them as much as they probably are going to want so a guy right. like pat beverly you're probably not going to renounce his rights unless you for sure know you know he you don't want to resign him so they're, they're going to be keeping pat probably they'll keep Zubots and they, they they might keep jermichael but it, it just is probably going to come down to you know do do we get Kawhi to commit quickly and then who else is in the mix you know who else can we get If they have to get KD, then they're probably going to have to renounce everybody and and trade Gallo. If if it's someone else, then maybe they can kind of finagle it and keep a couple guys. But I I think Jim Michael just might end up being a casualty of the combination of them having other priorities and him potentially cashing out off of a a nice bounce back season, a a nice kind of Uh breakout performance in the postseason. Like I could definitely see him getting something in the seven to 10 million range annually uh for so you know that could be like three years 21 million that could be three years 30 million i don't you know something in that range so for me jamichael looks like a guy who might have priced himself out of the clippers uh you know kind of cap sheet uh goals yeah
1: i mean also his cap hold is 15 million dollars i think you need to announce that Like,
0: i mean it probably will be there's
1: like basically yeah no way you're gonna get get enough cap space to to sign Kawhi or Whichever max free agent with the 25% max um, or 30% max. Do so you think he's gone? Without renouncing him. I think he's gone um, unless he and his agent really express their desire to stay in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, with him, I'm really ambivalent. I, I thought he was really solid off the bench. You know, I, I, to call him replaceable would be an insult, but you can kind of find somebody who has Jermichael Green's skill set um there's a lot of veterans who can do a lot of the things that he can do he is really smart and really wily and um I, but i feel like other people were higher on him than i was on the clippers like i thought he's great but he wasn't essential to the team I, I'm, I'm good with losing him especially if he uh commands a, a bigger you know bigger contract than the clippers need or desire
0: see I, it, it's tough because i thought he was a perfect fit for uh you know what what the clippers needed with that second unit because so much of that second unit revolves around the lutrez pick and roll and just his ability mm-hmm. his newfound ability really the last couple of seasons to to shoot the ball well he shot the ball now there's a there could be some some flukiness with that because he did shoot the ball so much better with the clippers than he ever had before but he has been developing mm-hmm. his, his three-point shot the last couple of seasons so maybe that just kind of was the the green light he needed uh, you know I talked to him a couple times about that. He just said Doc was really the first coach that gave him the full green light of like, you know, anytime you're open for three, take the three. You know, don't worry about if you take like seven threes in a game, it doesn't really matter. Like, just keep shooting. And I think you saw that play out, you know, from the second half of the season with, with the Clippers. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, to me, just offensively, he fit so well around the Lutrez pick and roll. Uh, you know, he, he also showed he could put the ball in the floor a little bit when defenses closed out aggressively on him. And then defensively, I I thought he he was very underrated. You know, he entered the starting lineup, defended KD. That did correlate with KD having a crazy four game stretch where he was averaging like thirty eight or whatever he did. Uh, but I just I, I liked his his toughness. He, he had that blue collar, hard nose mentality that really fit the Clippers ethos and, and kind of locker room culture. So to me, he he fits in seamlessly on, on multiple factors. I'm just kind of with you where he's probably too expensive and you're not going to keep him over like Pat or zoo or or getting a second star. So I think more likely than not, he's gone. Um, Now this gets to the, the the point of the bigs where I just like, all these guys are so flawed. I I don't really, I don't really care. (laughs) Like I I just don't, I don't see like, but we'll go i'll name some names and then just tell me who you want to talk about okay. who, who's interesting to you yeah so i i've nine uh nikola mirotic i think uh, he got played out in that toronto series and similarly to the the milsap randall uh kind of dynamic like he's not better than gallo so kind of adding mm-hmm. him just he's gonna want money too like i just don't think he makes a lot of sense number 10 willie collie is okay. someone who's interesting to me um he is kind of like a I see him as like a poor man's DeAndre. Uh, maybe a poor, yeah, poor man. Yeah, he's like the ghost of yeah. DeAndre
1: Jordan. <laughs> so, the apparition of DeAndre. So like, I like
0: honestly, Willie Colleystein versus Zubats, I think you can make a reason. Like, I actually think Willie's probably better right now. Who has the better potential? Probably Zubats. But if Zoo leaves and, and gets that ridiculous $10, $12 million offer that you were talking about, maybe I, I could see Willie as being someone you could get for a bit cheaper. Uh, I, I think... He probably is, has a higher defensive ceiling just in terms of his mobility. Uh, but I think the, King, the Kings probably keep him because of the success they just had, but you, you can never rule that out with, with Sacramento. Uh, number 11 is DeMarcus Cousins. And this is the one maybe we could get into a little bit. I'm not very high on DeMarcus. Uh, I know Me neither. For from talking to multiple people around the Clippers, they were actually upset when DeMarcus got injured because they thought that they could win those minutes that DeMarcus was out there. Uh, If you look at game one, Lou really tore up DeMarcus in the pick and roll and Lou really couldn't score, uh, you know, against any of the warriors perimeter defenders in that first game. But when he was able to draw DeMarcus out, he just lit him up, you know, hit jumpers on him, got to the rim on him, uh, you know, mid range on him. So I think you've, you've still seen that a little bit. I know he just had a big game two uh, in Toronto, but, Demarcus, I think, is probably the most overrated player. Uh the the Ooh. most overrated big man in free agency. Uh oh man. I'm not con- The Spice
1: <laughs> coming off of Jovan Buha right now. I'm not co- I'm I not I'm this. not confident
0: in his ability to fully return from injury. Uh I think he <laughs> this might be even more offensive. I, I think he's like a little bit better than like Ennis Cantor. Uh <laughs> Uh, uh, You know, he's, he's probably a better, re- like a, uh, I don't know, I guess a better rebounder, a better shooter and passer. But uh-huh. to me, he's, he's going to function very similarly to Ennis Cantor, where it's like offensively, he'll have those nights where he's like 15 and eight, 17 and eight, whatever. But he's giving up 15 to 20 points defensively anytime he's out there. I would stay away from DeMarcus. I did not put him on my stay away list because mm-hmm. I think if it comes down to it, you probably should just take the risk on him. Uh, I don't think he's going to get that much money this summer, but I don't know. How, how do you feel about him? Am I d- being too harsh?
1: I think you're being a little bit harsh. Um, he still he still exhibited a lot of the skills that he brought to the table when he was an all star with the Kings um, and, and the Pelicans as well. Like he he's he still has that talent. As far as whether that can shine um, because of his injuries and because of the way that the league has evolved, I'm I'm not sure. Like he's a great passer. He's a great shooter. It's not like, you know, he's a, he's an archaic dinosaur, but he's, he's slow. He's not really fleet of foot. He can, he has a tendency to fade away on defense. And, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Lou really, really destroyed him at the pick and roll um, in that series. And never in that in that first game, at least. And, um, I, I, yeah, I would stay away from him as well. I, I'm pretty, again, I'm a risk averse person. Like I wouldn't take that risk of him signing him for a, a little bit more money, more money than the five million he's making right now, and then like may, maybe him getting injured again or not really bringing much to the table. I would rather take a flyer on uh, a cheaper uh, contract with with less risk attached. I,
0: I just basically feel like he he's like a six foot eleven Isaiah Thomas. Like, oh
1: <laughs> man i feel like now you're at a point where you're just like i'm I'm committing to the take (laughs) Uh, a six foot eleven isaiah thomas um,
0: oh man so uh, like yeah i i thought i thought like i thought i feel like people want him to do so well that like there there was a huge overreaction to his like i thought he was solid in game two but i was i Mm -hmm. i heard some takes of like him being the most important i was like draymond was their best player in game two for sure Absolutely. Clay saved them yeah. in that first half with his 18 uh-huh. hit big shot after big shot like you know steph still at 23 like i i think boogie was nice but i i do not not think he was their best or most important player or even close to it um i think he did step up but uh, you know so go, go down the list quickly we'll, we'll run through a, f- a few guys uh, mm-hmm. jonas valanciunas player option 17.6 million i could see him picking that up but He's actually only 27, which I, I would have guessed he was a little bit older, so I, I could see him looking for another big contract, this potentially being his last big contract. Uh, similar to some of the other guys we talked about, it might not make sense to, to give him a big deal, but uh, I, I really like Valanchunas. I, I see him as as actually kind of similar to, to Boogie. I think they have some similar strengths and mm-hmm. weaknesses, um, may, maybe not as skilled, but he's a beast in the post. and. I think if you're not getting like a top tier center, you're kind of looking for a placeholder who who you know can kind of start ahead of Trez, but then Trez closes games. I see Valenciunas in that mold. Then I have Dwayne Deadman, right. Robin Lopez, and Ed Davis uh, rounding out my fifteen. Are there any yeah. of those guys? Can, I, you can like?
1: I? Yeah, I want to talk about Valanciunas okay. real quick because I thought you had him way low. Twelve is really low for for Jonas. Like higher. I get all the concerns. Yeah, I, I get that he he was he's he's a flawed player, but it's basically like the same concerns as Vooch, but a little worse, yeah. right? Like he can't really play defense, all, all that stuff. He's like he can be pigeonholed as a post player, but I don't know. I watched uh, this is a really embarrassing to admit, but I watched a lot of oh Memphis my games God. down the stretch. Um, it's part of my job, man. I, it's I don't want you, you missed know, Bradley. It's didn't not you? really. <laughs> <laughs> that was torture watching him actually ball out. Actually, but you actually see Jonas shots. He, Yeah. You see, Jonas in in Memphis, he balled out. Like it wasn't like he completely faded yeah. away. He actually like upped his scoring by a lot. I think he scored like 19 points or something like that. Like he can't shoot threes though, which is like the big difference between him and Vooch. And that's that's probably gonna cost him a lot of money. Is that he can't shoot threes and he really has only one way to play, but in the right role, maybe like as the seventh man, or, or even as a starter, but you know, playing only 18 to 22 minutes. If if you can get him the ball in the, in the low post every once in a while, and he can just be that go-to scoring option when all the perimeter stuff has been stopped, like that can create a lot of problems. It'll it'll provide some offensive versatility for the Clippers. Um, I'm not saying that they should pay him anything more than I don't know, uh, five six million dollars. Like I don't. I don't see him as like a uh, any as a double digit millions guy um, but he'll probably want that he, he has a 17 million dollar option as you just said like he'll probably try to uh, get that money especially as he's 27 this is the best he's probably gonna ever play um, but we'll see like I like him theoretically as far as whether that will practically work for the clippers is a completely different question than, and I think the question is no or the answer to- is look.
0: I I think you're right. I, I think I probably could have put him at the very least over Boogie, over Willie Cauley Stein, and over Miretic, and and then like the mm-hmm. Zouj Michael. I, I think it's kind of a toss up of like w- who, if you'd rather keep those guys or, or him. Uh, but I, I think you kind of hit on the the one thing for me with him is just like if he's opting out of that seven, like he's a guy like I, I could see Horford and Gasol taking some kind of considerable discounts to, to win. You know, they're on their last, like you said, they're kind of mid-30s, like they're on their last legs. Valanchunas at 27, I just don't really see him sacrificing the money for... Yeah, so he won't. He won't. Last, the last two guys, Deadman, Lopez, Davis, I think all those guys kind of fit as that placeholder center. Uh, I think all will be mm. relatively cheap, probably like 6 to $7 million or cheaper. Uh, I think Deadman has really shown. He, he's kind of like a 3 and D center now. Uh, he can't stay healthy, so that, that's the big concern there. Uh, Robin yeah. Lopez is so...
1: I like Deadman yeah. a lot. I like Deadman a lot um, as like a Splash Mountain weight. Yeah. It's really blossomed as a stretch five, but he, he's got to stay on the court.
0: I, oh, You know who I, I... That's who I forgot was, was Splash Mountain. Um, Brooke Lopez, yeah. That's a pretty big one. Uh, I knew. I thought I would put him on this list. Robin's brother, uh, <laughs> who you just said. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, look, I, Brooke. I think he's going to get paid. I would be. I, I would probably put him looking at the list. Right there at like four or five, kind of on a similar to like Vucevic or Randall. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, he's still what like.
1: But how realistic is it? to I think to Milwaukee's get him, gonna though? pay. Like, him. I
0: feel like I think they have. Milwaukee's to. gonna really pay. Him. Uh, and, and if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I, I thought ESPN reported. It might have been ESPN. It might have been someone else. Reported that Giannis wanted Brook over even Chris Middleton uh, in, in terms of like the the mm. prioritization of who they resigned. Like he was like Brook is the one guy I want back no matter what. So I think Milwaukee. Maybe I could have put him in my unrealistic category, uh, which we'll get to. Uh, in a second but to me like i mean brook would be perfect right like i mean he he's he's great right now because he he's a very he's still a very good uh rim protector he's he's a good pick and roll defender in terms of dropping and and that's what the clippers tend to do defensively uh and then offensively he spaces the floor really good three-point shooter he's called splash mountain as you pointed out i just don't really see it being a realistic uh likelihood but you never know
1: yeah he fits so well in coach budenholzer's system in milwaukee though like i don't think it's in his best interest to leave that system because he's being utilized the best way possible with his newfound skill set of shooting threes by the way i mean he shot threes like for a very long time um i used to i used to go to brooklyn nets games back when i lived in New York, and I would watch him warm up, and he would shoot corner threes all the time. It's not like a, this is a new skill that he, he learned like, like in the snap of a finger. Like this guy has been – he's had this in his at least, you know, non-professional arsenal, and he, he brought it onto the, onto the court and during regulation. So um, he would be, I think, best served being paid by Milwaukee to be that guy next to Giannis who can provide that scoring. We're in agreement.
0: Uh, so then, his, his brother Robin, I think, is solid. Ed Davis, uh, honorable mentions: JaVale McGee, Taj Gibson, Markeef Morris. Like none of these guys really move the needle. I, I think they all they're all like mm-hmm. solid, but I, I wouldn't pay that much or really give them multi-year deals necessarily. Uh, but I think all those guys could be like four to six million for a year or something. Um, my stay away list. It's gonna be. This is gonna maybe hurt some people's feelings, but my my number one on the stay away list is DeAndre Jordan. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of this. Like that, you know, there was some talk last around the trade deadline around you know once he got traded to New York, he might get bought out, and then there was some like there was some legitimate smoke about him potentially coming back to the Clippers. And for number one, I think DeAndre has has dropped off a lot. Uh, I, I think he he's still an elite rebounder, but some of it kind of feels like the Hassan Whiteside sort of like meaningless stat stuffing. Uh Hassan Whiteside, mm. to no surprise, is also on this list. Uh but DeAndre, like I, I just think they you know, they they kind of groom Trez to be the DeAndre replacement to some extent. And I just think it'd be weird to bring back DJ uh and kind of have him starting over Trez again when you know a lot of people around the organization thought trez was better uh during you know dj's last season as a clipper uh, i think trez is better and i just think that situation you know that ship has sailed that, that situation is done and um well you know maybe when he's close to retiring and you know four or five years from now whatever the clippers bring him back on like a one-year deal to kind of close his career but to me deandre just doesn't really make a lot of sense
1: yeah, uh I don't want to discuss DeAndre Jordan signing with the Clippers again. I just don't even okay. want to discuss that. Okay,
0: we'll 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 let we'll we'll leave that alone. Uh <laughs> yeah. la- last three for yeah. me stay away. Ennis Cantor, who I, I don't think I even really have to go into detail why. Uh, you know, he's
1: mm-hmm.
0: just probably the worst defensive big man in the league, cannot play and survive against any semblance of like a top ten offense in the playoffs and you know, if he's, if, he, if he's your fourth big, sure. But if he's your third big or starting, I do not want him. Uh, Hassan Whiteside has a player option for like 22 million. It really wouldn't make sense for him to decline that, but he apparently is miserable. In Miami. He doesn't like coming off the bench. He's someone who just stay away because of the ego, the, the chemistry stuff. Like it's become toxic in Miami. And I just, wouldn't want to bring that to the Clippers locker room, and then Bobby Portis. I, it's just kind of. I still don't really love the Miritich thing, if I'm being honest. Like I, I think that's still wow. that's still a thing. Okay, like, I, I was on Team Miritich. Some people were on Team Portis. Uh, I know he's a, he's an internet favorite, so he had a lot of people in his corner. But that whole Miritich thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, and um, I, I think he's I think he's solid. Like I wouldn't hate him being signed. I, I just don't really see a clear fit for him. Uh, I see a lot of overlap with him and Trez, and I just probably wouldn't want to sign him.
1: Yeah, and Washington probably tries to keep him, I
0: think. Another one was going to be Jabari Parker, but I didn't even want to give him the the, the pleasure, (laughs) the honor of being on this list. Uh, Unrealistic. I'd put Uh, Brook Lopez on there. I'd also put Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, I just don't see Dallas letting him walk, even with... You know the the drama that's followed him since going to Dallas, uh, and already covered. You know Tobias is someone who could be technically like a big, but um, mm. I, I put him in the wing category. Yeah. Thad Young, Al Aminu and Marcus Morris, who Shams just reported today that uh, the Clippers have some interest in him. I don't I don't mind that. Like he, he's a. My my one thing with Marcus is that uh, I do think he he trends a little bit on like the irrational confidence side, but almost on like the well, little? like but but on the, like the detriment the, the detrimental part though, like that I guess he's on the detrimental side of it. Like there's there's some guys where like like yeah. Lou Lou honestly Lou is an irrational <laughs> confidence guy. Like Lou Lou is like uh, the ultimate one where yeah. you know it, it doesn't really make sense, but like he he's so confident that. He, he could have his you know three for eighteen game and then the next game come out, and drop thirty five. like that's how lose wire, Jamal those types of guys are like that. But Marcus, I think, like he doesn't it was kind of clear in Boston he didn't understand his role in the pecking order. and he was not afraid to speak his mind in the media. That caused multiple incidents in, in Boston in terms of just like team drama and all questions and all this stuff. So to me, well, I think he fits like that gritty blue collar mentality. I I, I think there's just too much drama with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I'm out on the Morris brothers, man. Like <laughs> okay. honestly, they've caused a lot of trouble in a lot of locker rooms, and you know, especially with a young team like the Clippers, I don't think you want that in there.
0: So, this is not part of the big man conversation, but I think it is worth touching on right now. Um, KD and Kawhi, how are you mm. feeling about those two and and kind of the state of things with Kawhi now? There's this whole CLAW logo incident of, of intellectual yeah. property with Nike. Yeah. Uh, he also reportedly just purchased a house in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, and then on the KD front, uh, Nike just had a T-shirt uh, come out you know, celebrating KD almost like a band-themed T-shirt. And on the back, it's all the places he he's lived. And instead of, you know, it goes uh, Seattle, Oklahoma City, Oakland. Instead of ending at Oakland, which is where he currently is, at San Francisco, which is the Warriors' home next season, almost implying he's going to be resigning with the Warriors at, at least on a one-year deal. So what do you make of the state of Kawhi and KD uh, and kind of how confident you're feeling about either of those guys coming?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, Kawhi Leonard has been and I think remains the number one um, target for the Los Angeles Clippers this offseason to try to get in free agency. They can offer him uh, $32.4 million, the 30% of uh, the cap max, and um, and they'll probably get, you know, the 100% would offer him all four years. The report that he bought some real estate in Toronto, like people are poo-pooing this and some people are like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to, you know, or or, "You know, that's actually going to get him to stay in Toronto is that he's in the finals, all that stuff. I'm really not sure what to think at this point um, because it's been floated for like about a year and a half. Like a lot of people have reported that um, the Kawhi would be considering the Clippers really, really heavily and the Clippers obviously want Kawhi. Mm -hmm. and listen like the real estate stuff you can put a lot of weight onto you can not put a lot of weight onto it lebron bought two mansions in brentwood before he chose the lakers like (laughs) it's not like there's no precedent for it you know you can just kind of say oh this is all leverage but like you know who can say who knows the mind of of Kawhi? who we us mortals have no no entry into the into the thought processes of, of the great Kawhi leonard um and speaking of the greatness of Kawhi Leonard, like, right now in, in the NBA Finals, he's doing a Jordan impression on one leg. A guy is limping and looking like Michael Jordan. So, uh, like, this guy is so good. So, so good. So, um, it's... I don't know. I, I really, 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 really want the Clippers to sign him. Like, the more I watch the playoffs, the more I watch the Toronto Raptors, like, Kawhi is absolutely incredible. He he's at, he's laying what 30, 30 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists on nearly 50 40 90 shooting in these playoffs. Like that's insane. That's incredible stuff. And it's not like he's like slowed down and grinded to a halt uh, in the finals like he's been struggling a little bit, but he's still you know, putting up a lot of, like, some great numbers in against the Warriors and he's he's only um 27 right now. He'll be 28 to start next season. Like I really want that guy. And to answer your actual question about like where do I stand on Clipper's getting him. If before the playoffs I was at a 90%, now I think I'm at like a 60%. I'm still optimistic about it um, because of the connection to Southern California. He grew up in Riverside and went to school in San Diego. Like he loves Southern California. I think it that kind of bond and that, that desire to, to live in California again, you know, as someone who who has moved out, out of the state and come back, like absolutely understand that that's, that's a factor. It's a very human thing that, you know, maybe people will, will wave off as like, oh, this is a professional athlete. Like, why would they consider such a thing? He's a human, he's a human being, like with us, robot jokes aside, he's a human being and um, that kind of stuff has to play into it. I honestly I don't know what to think. Um I'm still optimistic, but it's waning as as the finals go on and he looks so beloved in Canada. I, I don't know. I'm waning.
0: What what about KD?
1: For KD he, I I mean I mean I'm not breaking any news here, um but he's been rumored to go to the Knicks and that hasn't changed, at least in the whispers that I've been hearing. Like nothing has changed about him going to the Knicks. Um a lot of his business interests are in New York and obviously Rich Kleiman is uh, you know, very, very a New Yorker and a Knicks fan. Um it's very, very interesting the conflict of interest of being a prominent agent of a superstar and also being publicly a fan yeah. of a team. Uh, we'll have to interrogate that later but i would be surprised if kd didn't go to the knicks i think the number two option is him staying in golden state one more year um and like the rumors of of him considering the clippers uh perk uh, kendrick perkins said that on on a show as well like that feels to me like a leverage play that feels to me like Oh, you know the Knicks aren't tampering. KD's not decided yet. He might go anywhere. Who knows? He might consider the Clippers, and the, that's actually I I tweeted this out, but I consider that a good sign that the Clippers are being uh, used as leverage, and like mm-hmm. that's that's actually a, a good reputation to have. Uh, is like oh, if you know if you don't do this, then I'll, I'm going to go to the Clippers, because um, that means it's a it's a respectable threat that someone would consider going to the Clippers and that's a vast improvement over where they were um in years past
0: no definitely I I wrote about that a little bit earlier in the season when uh when the 80 trade rumor was kind of at its peak and it came out that the Clippers were on his list I was like "No, now you have Kawhi you have Anthony Davis you have Kevin Durant And Jimmy Butler was the other one uh, where I'm like, you have all these guys who are being linked to the Clippers, using the Clippers as leverage, using, you know, they're in that mix. And there's only a few, you know, it's the Lakers, it's the Knicks, it's sometimes like the Bulls, it's the Celtics, it's like the Rock. Like there's a few teams that are kind of consistently in that mix of anytime a star becomes available, you're going to pick from like one of like six or seven teams that are going to be in that mix for him. The Clippers have entered that now, and you know you don't see the the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies in those lists. Uh, and, and the Clippers, despite being in LA, were never really on those lists. So, to me, I think it is a, a step in the right direction. As for my confidence level, so I, I, I'm actually more, I'm naturally more pessimistic. I think so. Like my confidence level with Kawhi at its peak, and that was kind of he- heading into the playoffs, was at like forty percent. But that's also on, like, if you're looking at a pie chart, I would I would have said at that time it was probably something like 40% Clippers, like 35% Raptors, uh, maybe, like, 15% Lakers, and then, like, another 10%, whatever, you know, the rest yeah. of the, the league. Right now, I'm kind of at – I definitely have dropped to, like, 35% on, on Clippers and have it neck and neck, maybe Raptors even more likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of trending towards, like, 30% where I'm just, like – what else does the like? What else does Toronto have to do? And maybe yeah. it doesn't. It's not about them. It's all about coming back to LA, living in LA, his lifestyle and stuff. But they made the finals. There's really no reason why they can't make the finals over the next two or three years, unless Milwaukee, you know, unless Giannis goes to a whole other level, which is totally possible, uh, or Milwaukee makes another significant addition. Otherwise, like they kind of have the same team. Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe aren't going to get better. Like they'll probably be at the same level for the, the next few years, but they could also get worse. And Brooke Lopez is aging, uh, even though we just sung his praises. Um, like it's kind of like all on Giannis and, and Brogdon uh, you know, Brogdon I, I think is a really solid player, but I'm like, if, if you're Toronto and, and you're Kawhi, like you have, uh, you know, Pascal Siakam who, who's still, you know, pretty young going to get better. Uh, you have guys like OG and Obi and Fred Van Vliet who, who can get better, you know, probably role players, but you you have a lot there. And I, I just think, you know, maybe comparing the rosters, the, the Clippers are are better and, and have or at least deeper and have more potential. But I, I just think like the f- fact that it's in the East, you have the chance to own the conference for the next three to five years, potentially, like I, I just think that's very enticing. Um and had they lost to Philly, had he missed that shot, it goes to overtime, they lose to Philly. Like, you know, maybe we're having a different conversation here, but mm-hmm. I am starting to trend into the I could see Kawhi staying. Uh, and for KD, I actually think it's increasing that he's going to come to the Clippers, but it, it's probably more of like a 15 to 20% thing where they're probably the number two behind the Knicks, but the Knicks are such heavy favorites that it uh, probably doesn't matter. But I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons why KD to the Clippers would make a lot of sense. Uh, well, I'm a-
1: curious about that because I I don't share the same thought that he would, that the that the Clippers would be the second option. I think he'd rather stay in Golden State if he's going to stay in the West, no? So
0: I, I've talked about this a little bit and I'm, I'm probably ruining an article. Uh, so sorry to my, my bosses if they're listening. <laughs> uh I think the biggest thing that you can pitch to to KD, if you're the Clippers, is he more than any other player really in in NBA history, and it has been a I guess a 16 year sample, so you know we'll, we'll see down the road. But he more than anyone has has compared himself and measured himself against LeBron James, like he had that SI cover of you know I'm tired of being number two and. You know, a a lot of the some of the reasoning of him wanting to leave Golden State has been his disdain for the narrative that he's not the best player in the league. And he kind of viewed it like I went to Golden State, I won my championships, I beat LeBron in the finals, and I'm still not viewed as the best player in the league. I'm still the number two guy, even for some people, three, four or five. And it, it seems like there's been a groundswell of Katie wants to be the man. Katie wants his own team. And and that's part of why New York is so appealing on top of it being New York and all the marketing stuff and, and kind of, you know, saving the Knicks would, would be such a legacy altering thing. So for me, I, I think if, if I was advising the Clippers, I would just frame it as the LeBron narrative of like, think about coming to LA with the, the, you know, the, the other team in LA, you know, LeBron is with the Lakers come to his city what's become his city and take it from him you know have the clippers be better than the lakers just straight up like no no lebron excuse of, of the injury and and you know whatever like come to his city and beat him be the more relevant team be the better team and, and win a championship in la before lebron does and i i think that would do wonders for his legacy and i think I don't think winning a championship with the Clippers is the same as winning a championship with the Knicks just because of how culturally relevant the Knicks are and how desperate New York is to win a title especially in basketball but I do think it's like right like number 2 right behind that and, and I I think I actually think like that type of stuff matters to KD. I think he thinks a lot about legacy, he thinks a lot about narrative. That's a big reason why he's on social media reading what people are saying about him. If he didn't care about that stuff, he wouldn't be checking that stuff. Like, so I, I think if you're the Clippers, you really build a compelling case around competing with LeBron in his own city. And it's one thing to team up with Steph and a seventy-three win team and beat LeBron, but to do it in his own building, in his own city, and take that from him, I think that would be a really nice legacy play for the second half or, or you know latter third of, of Katie's career. And then on top of that, you got Jerry West, who helped recruit him to to Golden State. Doc, he he's spoken very fondly of Steve Ballmer was on his show, The Boardroom. Uh, he also, you know, is very heavy in the tech industry, obviously. And Katie's trying to to get more into that. Like, I think there are some there's some breadcrumbs here, but I'm kind of with you where like I, I think if he's going to say West, he probably should just go Golden State. But I do think the Clippers have a very compelling case, and it's actually kind of
1: coincidentally built around LeBron. Okay, here's how this backfires. (laughs) You said that he has compared himself, his entire career, to LeBron James. He's always been the number two guy, number two overall pick, you know, after Greg Oden, yada, yada, yada. We know the story. Why would he willingly come to Los Angeles to the number two team in Los Angeles, comparatively to the Lakers... And then try to battle LeBron James again in that sense of where he is going to be counted as the number two because he's on the number two team. Like I, I feel like that's a narrative that he does not want again. He doesn't want to be in that narrative again of of oh LeBron's the number one, I'm the number two, but you know like I'm a one up him or something like that. Like I'm sh- I'm pretty positive if KD does come to the Clippers, the Clippers will be a better team than the Lakers. Sure. But will the narrative be that within the city of L.A.? Like, you're from here. I'm from here. Like, you know how it is here. The Lakers will always be number one for the time being, for the foreseeable future. So I think that will backfire, actually, on KD in that pitch of if you say, you know, hey, you know, you're sick of being number two, then prove it. And he'll be like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. But, like, you're the number two team already. It's not like, you know, he doesn't want that narrative on him anymore, I think,
0: so you're you're saying I just ruined the KD pitch, basically? <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> I, I, I get harsh. what you're saying. No, I, yeah. I definitely
0: get that. Um, I mean, I I think I think that like my my only potential counter would just be like, yes, locally that is the you know that is just the dynamic. Like Lakers will always be the the bigger team locally. Um, e- even with the with the L.A. City era, I felt like the Clippers were way more relevant nationally than locally. Like they, they mm-hmm. still, you know, what I don't know what type, what level of market share they have in LA, but it, you know, if it was like five percent at the time the Lob City started, it maybe got to like ten to fifteen and, percent, and that might be generous. I think, generous. You're being, I think uh, no,
1: I think you're being a little little diminutive. Of, you think low of the Clippers fan base. I think that's pretty low. Well, I'm, I'm saying size, I'm LA. saying like
0: size-wise, though. Like, I I, I mean, oh, I, like the like the Lakers to me are th- like, and you know, look, this is a Clippers podcast. I'm not trying to pump up the Lakers, but like the Lakers are probably Lakers might be the strongest brand in sports. Like, I, yeah. I think you yeah, can yeah. put like I would probably put them ahead of the Yankees and Cowboys, and, and
1: but I mean that's that's nationwide, that's worldwide. I think within Los within Angeles, LA, I,
0: I think if you were doing percentage-wise. I got I feel it feels like 85, 15, 90, 10. Like I, I, I don't know. I could really? be wrong. I could be wrong. It's not
1: my experience. Um, but I'd like to see some actual like And I I think actually you, you bring up this.
0: a good point because you mentioned that uh actually in your piece that you wrote on The Ringer. And I think it's probably an experience thing because where I've grown up in LA, that's definitely been my experience. Where I would say like out of every 10 people I poll, like nine would be Laker fans and then there'd be the Mm. one clipper fan um it has been that disproportionate uh i i don't have like obviously there's no like official la census of like (laughs) you register as a clippers fan or lakers fan but um i I don't know maybe i'm off and it's like 80 20 75 25 but the point being it is dramatically in the lakers favor and Mm -hmm. i agree like i think locally it's gonna be dramatically like it's still going to be ESPN LA, you know, talking incessantly on the radio about LeBron and what's going on. It's going to be like KCAL, and everyone is going to be geared towards the Lakers. But I, yeah. I think nationally, the narrative would definitely be different, and the Lakers wouldn't be irrelevant. Obviously, just because they're they'll always be relevant as the Lakers. But I do think like the Clippers have gotten buzz. You saw how much they've been talked about. You know, making the playoffs, pushing the Warriors. This has really been the most they've been talked about since I would say like the peak of Lob City, like those last couple Lob City City years, they're a little bit irrelevant, I I felt like. And it was kind of like, all right, show us in the playoffs, then they wouldn't show us. Uh, But there's a buzz around the Clippers that I feel like hasn't been there in a few years. And I think nationally, they would be – they'd become a marquee team. Like, And I think even more so with KD than Kawhi. Like I I think if you saw KD come to the Clippers – They'd be on national TV thirty times, like they'd be somewhere in the top five, be like them, the Lakers, the Knicks, uh, maybe the Celtics, and I don't know the the Warriors. I guess uh, like it'd be those four or five teams. So I don't know. I, may, maybe I'm I'm miscalculating how how important that is to KD. But to me, just looking at his career and and all this burner account stuff, like he really cares about his legacy. And I think there is something too, like he would have to win a championship. Like, I think that would have to be like the standard that that would be set. But if he came and won a championship here, like he'd be the by far the most important clipper ever. Like he would surpass Blake. He would surpass Chris.
1: Absolutely.
0: uh, And, and I think that would be a huge thing in his legacy. It'd, It'd be LeBron's, maybe not the same level as LeBron's Cleveland title, but it would be like right under that in terms of just like, this has been a dormant franchise for for three decades. They've just been revived over the the past you know seven eight years. He took them to a whole other level that they had hadn't even sniffed before, and, and won a title like that. To me, would, would I think mean a lot for his legacy. I, I I could be wrong, but if the Clippers want me in that pitch, that's what I'll say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Last thing that I want to I want to discuss is. The possibility of KD and Kawhi coming together. If they sign with the Clip if the both of them sign with the Clippers, which they have the cap space for, who's Batman and who's Robin? Or is it Batman and Batman? And does that appeal to Kevin Durant, who wants to be the guy, the guy who, you know, who wins the championship? So that's I
0: don't I don't want to fully spoil my answer because I'm doing a mailbag and that was one of the questions of just like no. what I'll I'll spoil it because uh, this will come out tomorrow the mailbag will be out tomorrow <laughs> okay. um, but but All basically right. the the gist of the question was like you know what what's your pitch to Kawhi and Katie joining forces and to be honest I don't know if there's a good one and may, maybe you have one and and I'm wrong but I, I just think if you look at bo- what both guys would be leaving. Like objectively speaking, they are both leaving probably better winning situations to come. Like in the scenario that you know, Kawhi leaves Toronto or KD leaves Golden State, let's just say separately, not mm-hmm. not together. They're both leaving a better winning situation. To yeah. to come to a worse winning situation, you could say, you know,
1: yeah, those teams are in the finals yeah, right now. Like that, that, that's the thing. So you know? yeah, so
0: and even Toronto, I, I know some Clipper fans have pushed back on how good Toronto is, but like you have to remember, especially if the Clippers get both guys, they're going to have to trade Danilo Gallinari, and they're probably going to lose Patrick Beverly and Jermichael Green in free agency. Like they, there's almost no way for them to keep Pat unless they're willing they they move Lou or they move Trez. Which at that point, I'd rather keep Lou or Trez. So yeah. I like they're going to have less depth. They're not going to be the, the nine, 10 deep team necessarily that they were this season. Now the trade-off of course, is you have Kawhi Kitty, you might have the two best players in the league. And you know, it's like LeBron Wade all over again and, and might even be better. Probably is better. But I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know necessarily if I would say that team is definitively better than Toronto is right now. It could be, it probably is. But I, I don't think it's clear. Now, Golden State, obviously, I think is clearly better. You know, this version of Golden State is clearly better than a Kawhi, KD Clippers team, just because Golden State has, as you know, four or five All Stars, depending on how you want to look at it, and they're, you know, maybe the best team ever. But going back, so going back to the pitch, though, like I just think I'm like, you know, if KD leaves, he kind of wants to be the guy. Like that—that's been the whole thing—is he hasn't gotten his credit because of Steph and because of what Steph means to Golden State. Why is he gonna go want to go share the spot? Like, and people can say yeah. Kyrie, but he's clearly better than Kyrie. Like, if he teams up with Kyrie, it's clearly a one two, like Kobe Shaq thing where he's Shaq and Kyrie's yeah. Kobe, uh, or LeBron and, and Kyrie. Like, it's just like uh, there's no comparison there. Him versus Kawhi, like, Kawhi might be better than him right now, you know, if not, you know, he's certainly like that's arguable. And then, if not, he's going to be better than him in a year or two. So it's like, if you're KD, you're again going to kind of be uh, ascribe this this narrative that like you're riding someone else's coattails, even though that wouldn't be the case. Like you know how this works, though. People have their hot takes; they love to to say this stuff. So to me, I just don't now. And then Kawhi, there's the the whole thing where KD said he was a system player a couple years ago. Um, and, and I've, I've heard that that kind of rubbed Kawhi the wrong way. I think that's also been reported. So I personally just don't see a scenario in which they team up. Uh, I think it's a pipe dream, mm-hmm. uh, but I could be wrong and we'll, we'll, we'll see in three weeks, but w- what do you think about it?
1: Um, I would lose my <laughs> mind if it happens. I would explode. I would physically explode if that happened, uh, out of just pure joy uh yeah, I don't see the appeal for K on KD side, um, for him to join a team that already has a top three. You know, maybe the best player in the league, depending on on the day, depending on the week. But I mean, man, imagine that team. Imagine just imagine that's incredible with Lou and Trez. Like, ah. Um, at the same time, like it does feel like that's not what the team needs. I mean, this is weird to say really, really strange thing to say, but like you kind of have too much on your hands. It's an embarrassment of riches of some sort. Like if you have Kawhi and KD, like can they even play together? Because they're, you know, they're both really um, high level solo scorers. Like who knows, but um,
0: yeah, might end up looking a lot like Houston's offense with, with like kind of the the uh. trading, uh, yeah. places yeah. of like Chris and James. I, I don't,
1: I don't know. Like I, yeah, I, I would, I would like to enjoy watching Clippers games. So I hope that's not <laughs> what happens. <laughs> Man, what uh, what a steal! Yeah, that yeah trade they're both was, incredible huh? players. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take either or or you know both you know you guys can you know if Kyrie wants to sign the minimum okay the he, he, minimum to sign with us you know
0: here he, here's the final question then we'll, we'll <laughs> this is officially the longest podcast I've done so we we we're, we're breaking oh, records oh over yeah here. we're we're uh, way over time <laughs> Kawhi or KD you, you you get both to say they want to come but neither will play with the other who do you pick Kawhi.
1: That's like a no-brainer for me.
0: See, I, I've, I've this one's been tough for me because I think a month ago, the answer was clearly KD, in, in my opinion, and I, I know a lot of mm. so I, th- I think I think narrative is playing a, a big factor in this. Where Kawhi's been so closely tied with the Clippers that there are a lot of people who've just hitched their wagon to the the Kawhi fantasy and. They're so attached to him that they don't want to entertain the thought of anyone else. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, uh, objectively, KD was the better player as recently as a month ago. This last month has been an amazing run from Kawhi. It's been really, as you, know, as, as you laid out before, you know, Jordan-esque, as impressive as almost any playoff run we, we've seen in NBA history. You could really put it up there with, with almost anyone's best playoff run. Um, but there is part of me that's like, like, well, Katie's been injured, so we don't really know how he would have been playing these last like 10 games or whatever he's missed now. Uh, but I'm like, sometimes I feel like we, I'm not, I don't know if this is one of those scenarios, but sometimes we, we overrate like a playoff run or a stretch from a player and it kind of clouds your judgment. And I I think you saw Mm -hmm. that a lot with like the, I mean, this is going a while back but like the derrick rose MVP, like that that was a perfect thing like even in the moment it was kind of clear like lebron was better than derrick rose but then you know there's this whole narrative we gave him the MVP. he had really good stats and then you saw in the postseason like lebron ate his lunch defended him shut him down d rose you know you know they they kind of easily got past the bulls and it's kind of an apples the oranges thing but i just feel like part of me is like are we really overthinking this like kd has been the better player really always like you know maybe that that one stretch in 2017 Kawhi, you, you could maybe say it was better but like kd is a historic like already top 15 creeping on top 10 might be the best scorer ever like level guy and I, I just think for as good as Kawhi is and and you know he is a better defender and he probably fits the the locker room culture better with with his kind of you know, he hates attention. He d- doesn't want media stuff like that. That's all great. But to me, I'm almost like, are we just like, it's Kevin Durant. Like, I, I don't know. I I just, there's part of me that's like, I would kind of rather have the, the guy who- who's who been this great 25 plus scorer for, for a decade. And I think he's going to age well. I-, I mean, there's maybe some injury concern, yeah. but you could yeah, say yeah, the yeah. same thing about Kawhi. Um, uh-huh. So I-, I don't know. I- I'm leaning, Ca- I'm leaning far Katie, apart in age. but uh, I- I- it's close.
1: Can I can I defend go go. my my yeah. pick for yeah. Kawhi? Is they're not that far apart in the age. I get it, but at the same time, Kawhi Leonard is is a little bit he younger. Is. Um, he has fewer minutes on him, and yeah, KD is probably a top what, fifteen. You said maybe approaching on top ten player of all time um, by the end of his career. But man, Kawhi is the only person, only player. To really go toe-to-toe with LeBron and definitively defeat him. LeBron in his prime. Kawhi. Kawhi basically, you know, I mean, he didn't like decimate the Heat, but like he was the best player on that in that Spurs team that that beat the Miami Heat. And The memory of that is strong to me. Like that's not it's not that's not just a stretch. That's years and years of evidence of Kawhi showing up in the playoffs. And you see them, right? You see Toronto right now in the finals. Kawhi Leonard is a transcendent player. And yeah, I I get your argument that Durant on a face value is is a more talented player. But I don't know, man. I'll take Kawhi. A couple years younger, um, better defender. Injury concerns for for the both of them, but why seems to be able to f- like fight through injury in-, in a way that is really impressive to me and again he's limping on on one leg and he's looking like michael jordan so I'll take him
0: look i, I think i'm i am on katie island but not by myself but-, but there aren't many of us uh yeah, it's-, <laughs> it's a
1: continent it's a let's not let's not call well, it an well, no it's- i it's I- a freaking I- continent
0: i am saying it's it- like but- australia
1: <laughs> like australia is an island but it's, it's a- australia i i'm, I'm like- a-
0: uh, yeah. I am in KD Australia, and uh, there aren't many of us in this argument who are on my side. But um, I, I, look, I, look, you can't, like you said earlier you you made you made the point. I don't know, ten fifteen minutes ago, you can't go wrong with either of them. Like, if the Clippers get either one, they'll have won the summer. Um, they'll be probably a contender next season, and this will be one of the fastest rebuilds uh, and, and most impressive, I think, in, in NBA history. Uh, you know, really a two-year span, if not even less. Uh, so we'll see. We we got three, eh, four, four weeks ish, a little less than four, three and a half weeks till free agency starts. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised if both come, but uh, you can't rule at this point. You can't rule anything out. You can't rule out both coming. You can't rule out neither coming. Um, but Isaac, I appreciate the time. I know you're a busy dude. You guys got like you just you just started a new podcast, right? You guys,
1: yeah, yeah. We just launched the uh, Ringer Dish, uh, which is our celebrity culture podcast. Um, please do listen to all of our great podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, that our NBA show, the Ringer NBA show, is going almost daily during the finals and. Of course, draft coverage after that, and free agency coverage after that. Most of which we're already kind of doing on the feed and the binge mode. The Dave Chang Show. Just listen to listen to all of it. If you're a podcast
0: listener, I assume you already listen to the Ringer Podcast Network. But if you don't, you should check it out. Also check out the Ringer dot com. Uh, check out Isaac's colleagues. A lot of good draft stuff going up, uh, and then obviously. Bill Bill and Rosillo, I have to say, has been my favorite podcast uh, of the last <laughs> couple months. Like that, that is a weekly, uh, you know, weekly scheduling for me. Whenever that drops, I have to listen to it right away. So check that out, Isaac. Where can people find you on social media? Uh,
1: my handle is Isaac K Lee on all social platforms. That's I S A A C K L E E. A lot of people get the first name Isaac <laughs> wrong. They they use the two s's. It's two a's. It's really simple it's like a really common name That's i don't know why people get it wrong but uh, yeah uh follow me on twitter instagram all yeah, that f- stuff
0: follow you for the the fire clipper takes and uh, yeah
1: or <laughs> or vemo me on isaac hayley as well that that you, works
0: too you you could ju- you can judge when the clippers are playing well by by <laughs> isaac's uh very good basketball to tweet <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can measure it by the the <laughs> number of berries that I use, and the basketball is a very good. Tweet.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk soon. Hopefully, have you on again soon.
1: I hey, appreciate appreciate you, appreciate you uh, inviting me back, and I uh, hope to do it again.
0: When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website. ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Clip City listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. It's absolutely no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE, B-L-U-E. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. Get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your razor for $3. Thanks again to Isaac for coming on. Uh, we made some history with this pod. It was both the longest pod that we have recorded here at Clip City and Isaac was the first two-time guest. So there's some Clip City trivia for you if you're ever at a sports bar and uh, the Clip City podcast gets brought up. It's one of the trivia questions, which I would have to question what sports bar you're at, but uh, I, I hope that happens uh, sometime in the future. As always, please be sure to subscribe to The Athletic if you have not subscribed yet. You can check us out. The one-week free trial, if you like it, Keep subscribing for the price of a matcha latte. If you don't like it, well, you're wrong, but you can unsubscribe after that one week. Uh, Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That is at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. I love answering questions and hypotheticals, so please reach out to me on, on either platform. And last but certainly not least, probably most important, can subscribe to the Clip City podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts by searching Clip City or Blue Wire. Uh, also check out other Blue Wire podcasts. We got a really good network going. Uh, I think we're at, I'm not mistake, we're at like over, definitely over twenty podcasts. I think we're over twenty five, approaching thirty. Um, so, you know, so. Please check out the rest of them, um, and yeah, I will be back next week. Should be Tuesday, as regular scheduled, but uh, we shall see what the the news cycle dictates. It might uh might be might be sooner, might be later, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But plan for next Tuesday, and I will talk to you guys later.